welcome true believers and people who don't even believe to Infinity Rewatch. Uh, I'm Andrew Fantasia. That's Ryan J. Marvel. He's the handsome one. He's got the red background. Ryan, have you ever smashed anything in your life before? Uh, I have smashed many of things. I smashed my, actually, I did smash my old VCR and that just, that, that should just carbon date me right there. But I smashed my old VCR and got it to work one more time before it truly went kaput. So, what was the last movie you watched in it before it was dead? Oh, you're gonna love this! It was Indiana Jones: Raiders of the Lost. <laughs> Dude, I was I was literally thinking before you answered, I was literally thinking Last Crusade. No, <laughs> it is my favorite. But at that at that time, my family would wanted to just kind of get into Indiana Jones, and that's what we watched. Well, that's a great way to send off your VHS. Um, I hope Marvel puts all of their shows and movies on VHS, just because. <laughs> why not? Just because. Why, yeah, <laughs> why, why not? We should, we should revisit the classic. I mean, if vinyl can make a comeback, why can't VHS? Right? Just don't overprice it like they're doing with vinyl, with these like $50 vinyl for like Ed Sheeran. It's like, no thanks, Ed. <laughs> like, we'll, 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 Spotify is there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely but uh she hulk is a thing that we have been um sporadically covering on this show we missed a few weeks but that's what today is for we're gonna touch on episodes six and seven and then we're gonna hop right into the meat of Today, episode today's kind of like a, a post mid-season update is what i'd like yeah to yeah that's the best way to put it and luckily episode six was a bottle episode anyway it was just the wedding of her friend yeah so which is fun yeah it's it's it'll be a quick one to talk about um i think my only note my biggest note that i had to take away from that wedding episode ryan and maybe you disagree but i felt like at the end of that episode the chances of she hulk and titania eventually becoming friends has significantly gone up yeah, uh, there's been a lot of, apparently, um, there's been a lot of feedback uh, to, a lot of feedback about the show, as 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 expected with mm -hmm. the Marvel shows. Um, but a lot of, a lot of people are bashing Titania. A lot of people are bashing Titania. And, and of course, it's the purists being like, hey, this is not the comic book version, which, which purists, I, you know, I... I have to say, being being one myself, being someone who's enjoyed the comics myself, you have to let it go. You gotta let it go. This is the MC. The whole point of the MCU is to pass the torch, and mm -hmm. and we we got some really good Marvel moments, and we will get we will still get some really good Marvel moments, but we're not going to get a true readaptation, you know, Snyder Watchmen kind of thing. We're not going to get that. So the, the the faster you get to get your head wrapped around that, the better. And the other thing is, of course, Marvel always spins off the social climate of today. And I feel like She-Hulk beautifully adapts that social climate well and has fun with it. Um, what I like about, uh, sorry, what I like about what Titania, the, the, actor, the actor who played Titania said is she's like, I don't think it, people who have been giving her character a lot of negative feedback, she's like, I don't think they get the show. And I think that's the perfect summary of uh of what the show is all about is like it's not it's not what you think it is going to be and it and that's the beauty of it it's kind of a modern modern take on these characters and it's a lot of fun Bingo. yeah it's a 
Isabella is, is Isabella is sick in bed right now, but you can hear she's like so good. Right? She's talking about she hoped too, or is she like watching something? And no, she's no, like, she's talking. She's like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. It's totally not she hulk It's something else. Um, it's Lord of the Rings. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, no. She's talking about she hulk She's she's resting in bed, but she can hear me. Uh, I'm she's glad she's thinking it. I'm glad she's thinking it. And you're right. She hulk is, and uh, or rather, like Jamila Jamil is, is right too. That it's about giving you what you don't expect. It's about playing with what you're expecting. Uh, at the show, I love that the show does this. And I love just thinking about, like, you know, the Twitter man babies who are, like, specifically being targeted by these moments. Uh, and just thinking of them being like, oh, that she <laughs> Right? He's turning into Yosemite Sam. Oh, that Russian press, I don't get she <laughs> uh, So I, I love I loved whenever the show does that. Um, I thought that was a, a really fun little wedding episode. And uh, we got to meet Josh. Uh, so did Jen. She got to meet this guy named Josh. And I have in my notes uh, for that day, I wrote, literally, this is what I wrote. Could Jen have met a nice guy here finally with Josh? Question mark. Ryan, what's the answer to that question? Uh, I mean, yes, she did meet a nice guy, but clearly he had an ulterior motive. Um, uh, and, you know, I really, what I really liked about the episode is we're seeing all aspects of She-Hulk. And I think that that should cement exactly what you wanted, uh, Fantasia, was you wanted a true character development story. And this episode was a good example of that. Like she, uh, and, and especially even all the way up till, you know, it's funny how we're doing these three episodes together because it, it, you really get to go through the the emotional character wheel of, of She-Hulk, and it's beautiful. I think we, we totally planned it that way, right, Ryan? <laughs> we just totally, totally. <laughs> life just life just naturally worked out this way. Um, but we totally, yeah, we totally got. I think you totally got a really good. You know, if you were to look at uh, a sheet, a character sheet of She-Hulk, you would literally go through the emotional wheel, and you could you could literally throw the episodes in certain parts of the emotional wheel. And what I really liked about the Josh episode was that, you know, she actually found someone that like accepted her for who she was at her core and that she, and that this person recognizes that She-Hulk is an extension of her and not that She-Hulk is different, right? Yes. And I, I think my favorite moment is when she's drunk with Josh at the, the dinner table and she's just like, you know, this person's seeing me for me. And that's, that was like a really touching moment. And, you know, and, and I could see people being like, oh, man, it's, it's total, like, you know, soap opera drama. Uh, that's total soap opera drama. And uh, and the truth is, is like, yeah, that's when we watch superhero shows like Batman. Batman was a dating like, you know, the first Batman had the, uh, the the reporter trying to get trying to get to him, you know, trying to get in his emotional wheelhouse. And I mean, it's it. You can call it soap opera drama all you want, but at the end of the day, it's human development. It is why we tell and listen to stories mm -hmm. because of the human connection. If she, Hulk, or rather, Jen was just like, I don't care about anything that ever happens to me. I am just blase about everything. We wouldn't be invested in this show. Uh, and and, we need and the other, moments. yeah, and and the other thing I want to chime in on it with this with this particular episode um, is that. You know, and, and looking at She-Hulk as a whole arc at this point, um, this is probably the fastest origin story I've ever seen. 
and I say that in a good way. I say that in literally like the first episode is so much fun. I like it's like it's like what it's like the like an exploration of the physicality of Hulk in a really fun way, and like She Hulk. Um, and and uh, the funny the funny thing about it. Uh, as the journey progresses is it's literally like okay she's now she hulk she kind of gets the limits of her powers right away like she just gets it naturally which just makes sense like she synthesizes the hulk experience better um and it's it's more like okay tuesday what what's her day like like literally this is like a monday tuesday wednesday thursday of her week it's a busy week of course but it's still like like you know Monday or sorry, Tuesday afternoon, she's in court. She's dealing with all this stuff. Tuesday night, she's out drinking and you know meets a nice guy. Like it's a whole thing, and it's I love it because it, it you kind of get comfortable with the character very quickly, and and it's just like now you now you get into you know She Hulk's dating life, and and it's really fun. It's it's really emotional and fun to see. You're right. I didn't even think of the the chronology of this. Because that so rarely comes into play in these Marvel shows. Uh, but, like, this is all happening in a week for her. Um, well, again, I don't know for sure, but it feels like that. I think you're right, though. Because I think it is, like, a, um, like oh, no, no. The time does pass uh, in the next episode because of the when, when she When she comes back from her Mexico trip, then wow. it's then it's kind of like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday thing, and then yes. a few weeks go by, or I think like a few like two or three weeks go by uh, after the Josh thing. But my point is, is it, is it does feel like it? It feels like you're spending each day with this character. Yes, that's yeah. Intimate, that's how intimate it is, and and the fact that she does this fourth wall breaking makes it that much more intimate with this character. Right. We see the mundanity of her life. We see the intimacies. I I can't think of another. Marvel hero offhand, where we have seen their home this much, except maybe Tony Stark. Like that's it. I don't. Yeah. I don't know where Captain America lives. I. I don't. I've. The we Winter still Soldier. Never, you do. The Winter Soldier lives uh, in in the place where he goes and buys fruit from. Uh, no, I'm saying I'm saying Winter Soldier. You know where Cap lives. Oh, in the Winter Soldier. Movie. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. He has that apartment. Um, but but yes, most characters you don't you don't know where they live. Yeah, we see T'Challa. We see like every corner of Wakanda except his house. Like we, we see the throne room, but where does he sleep? Like so, the fact that we spend so much time with Jen in her apartment, it and coupled with her turn to the camera and actually addressing us and trolling us, that makes it the most intimate story that Marvel has told. And I think that can't go unnoticed. We can't we can't let that be underplayed. That's a big deal. Yeah, and exactly. So so that's so when it comes to your question about Josh, that's that's exactly what I think is it's kind of like I kind of feel like She Hulk's BFF at this point is like, man, this guy's but I, I know more obviously than she does, but it's like, man, this guy's this guy's a douche. Like yeah. man, that's that's really douchey, you know, ghosting her and all that stuff. And it's it's really funny. Um yeah, and then so the side story to the wedding was the Mister Immortal uh, story, which was hilarious and funny as as all heck. Yeah. Uh, I, and we got to see a bit more about Nicole um, and and see how she manages really bizarre situations, which I thought was super fun. Mm -hmm. I love that she's like, "And what's our motto, ladies? Never again!" Like it's <laughs> so good. Um, and and uh, we get to kind of get another inside look at Mallory. And the interesting thing is, Mallory is kind of like the 
the linchpin between you know uh, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, living her current life and like realizing that this could backfire on her, and that was kind of an interesting little thing. And what I liked too was Nicole when she says like, "Oh, this whole intelligentsia thing," which opens up a whole different dialogue. She she's like, "Oh, we shouldn't tell Jennifer about this." Nicole looks to the screen, mm. which was I thought was interesting. She's like. You know, like that kind of thing. So that was really, again, I, I love that they're playing with the audience a bit. Now, again, I hope I hope that they don't look at every superhero and try to figure out a way to break the fourth wall. Because really, She-Hulk and and, and uh, Deadpool are the only characters that really do it. Yeah, but we don't was, need, uh, like, Ironheart doesn't need to turn to the camera and be like, boy, it sure yeah. was hard making that armor. Like, we, <laughs> not necessarily. Was, have you seen Namor? Like, oh my God. <laughs> hmm. So I, I I really enjoy the fourth wall breaking. And like, again, this intelligentsia thing is interesting. And so we finally get to see that there is a hate page for She-Hulk. And it starts begging the question, who's behind it? Somebody immature because of what happens in episode eight. Um, a comment which, that is which is a beautiful segue to episode eight. Yeah. Well, we gotta get to episode seven. Sorry, seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. seven is now seven is is the the retreat. It is the supervillain retreat. But you know, we start off with this great little montage of the the cutesy dating life of Jen and Josh and Ryan. I I I didn't watch this simultaneously with you that week, um, but of all the times to not watch a show simultaneously with you. Because I know you were thinking it when Josh goes for the handshake at the end of the date. I know, I know what was going through your head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate you. <laughs> because listeners, I have done that before. Yeah. yeah. You, had to, you had to put us out there and embarrass yourself. Yeah. Yeah, well, I figured if I didn't bring it up, you were gonna bring it up. So yeah. I, just, I was like, I might as well just uh, put my cards on the table right now. Yeah, I have never hey, we had cared. A, we had a great night. <laughs> oh boy! I, in my defense, I had zero uh, thought that it was gonna, you know, go any further than that. So that that was you know, it, it also in your defense, you know, in today's social climate, that's that's you know, that's actually the right thing to do. You should never assume, you know, you should mm. never push yourself on people. You should, you know, leave it where it is. And one thing <laughs> I, two things I definitely didn't do on that date was I didn't pair my phone with hers and <laughs> bless you, try to steal her blood. So <laughs> I've got two up on Josh. Thank you very Boom. much. Boom. There you go, right? Well, yeah, and and so <laughs> I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> you brought it on yourself. Brought uh, that on yourself, kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So it was a beautiful little montage sequence. Now, uh, in the whole Josh thing, um, I you know the retreat was an interesting episode, and everyone's been asking me, do you think Abomination is playing her? Do you think this is this is a whole facade? Well, I got to tell you, that whole episode, like the, the whole time she was there in his retreat, I was just a ball of tension because I was waiting for that. Right? I was waiting for the other shoe to drop in terms of abomination, especially when she has her breakthrough at the end 
and all these supervillains sitting around her are convincing her to unhulk. I'm sitting there like, don't do it, girl. Don't drop your guard around these people. Like, and it ended up not being a thing, but I was completely of the mind. Like, I'm, I was sitting there biting my nails like, he's going to hurt her. Uh, and that didn't end up happening. I, what was going through your head for, through that? Because I was just straight up scared the whole time. I was I was sitting there actually tense myself only because I'm like this guy's this guy's a military tactician like this uh-huh. guy knows how to play people and then as time progressed even my like guard was let down like a little bit because I'm like maybe he is just like cuz maybe they're just like uh you know maybe they're just modernizing this character and this is his new self uh you know and I don't get it. like like, I don't get it, but if it is a ruse, then he's really playing the long game. Yeah, definitely. Especially because of the presence of um who was it, Crowbar? One of the one of the wrecking crew members was there. Oh no, it was Wrecker. It was, it was Wrecker, Wrecker himself. Like him being there, the fact that we still don't know who hired them and like he's I was like, really? He he turned on a heel that fast and he's already trying to change. Like I, I didn't trust anybody in that room for a second. Uh, so I, you're right. If this is a game Blonsky's playing, it is a long, long game. Maybe he's in charge of this website. I don't know, but I don't think he is. I don't think it's that simple. I think mm-hmm. that uh, I think I think it has to be someone higher up in the the food chain than than a than a wrecker type person. And and it's funny because once we get to episode eight, there I, that's there's some theories there that I that I that proves what I'm talking about, but but we'll get there. We'll get there as we as we go through this mid season or sorry, what do I call it? Post mid season update. Post mid season uh, update. <laughs> and the 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 thing is, is this intelligentsia thing? I don't think it's Wrecker. I don't think it's Abomination. I think Abomination has a role in it. But he's not—he's not the administrator. He clearly, I don't think he's smart enough to run an anti thing. Although it would make sense if it's him, because again, this guy can—this guy could easily have a double thing going on, and you know, this whole therapy session thing allows him the—the the alibi, if you will, to prove that he's not behind it. But the fact that I've seen a lot of Marvel shows where they don't allude to too much more than what you've already seen. Uh, then, so my thing is, it probably is abomination, and that makes sense. Um, but I hope it, it's. I hope it's not because, again, I don't think abomination could coordinate something like that. But I don't. I don't know. I mean, he's he's got to have money coming from somewhere because that is an expensive bit of property he's got. He's got a ceremonial sweat yurt, so he's doing <laughs> something right. Um, well, here's the thing too: is that who like. I asked somebody, I, I don't know, I don't think it was you I was talking to, but I was like, oh, no, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and I was like, who hired Jen to represent him? Because, like, I don't believe, and, and he gave me a good reason. My, the, my friend gave me a good reason. He said, well, the, the seven wives probably put their money get, together and did that. But I'm like, how would they know that Jennifer Walters is the person to go to? Right? Like, that was like a brand right. new firm that was just set up. And seven wives got together and said, "Hey, we should get on this Jennifer Walters thing." I don't buy that. I don't yeah. buy that. That was it's that simple. I I feel like someone, you know, and I would love to easily say it was Ross. Like it would make sense because Ross needs his thunderbolts, 
And mm-hmm. even though Abomination is not on the roster, it doesn't mean that he's not a card he isn't playing. Yeah, and I mean, that whole, the manipulation of all that of hiring Jen, that also reeks of Valentina de Fontaine. So, mm-hmm. yes, that could, exactly. That could totally be a thing, too. Elaine could have her hands in all of this. I don't know. But um, yeah, I didn't trust Blonsky for one second here, even like right up to the point where like she's getting in the tow truck and she's leaving. Uh, the the slot towing Dan Slot cameo tow truck there. And like she's saying goodbye to him. Even up until that point, I was like, he's not gonna let her leave. He's not gonna I don't maybe I've been watching too many horror movies this year, but I was like, this is this is building to something bad. Um and I still don't trust him, even though she got away from that place with her life. But I thought what was cool was we met a lot of D tier villains at yes. this retreat. And I I can't remember if I've said this before on the show regarding She Hulk. But these characters that we meet in She-Hulk, these like super D-list um, comic book characters, it makes me feel like we're watching The Tick. Because that's what <laughs> these people feel like. Like that guy, the porcupine, he was straight out of The Tick. Oh, the porcupine was hilarious. Uh, but they, I mean, I think all of them are comic book characters, uh, to be honest with you. I know Swashbuckler is for, for sure. Mm-hmm. And Manbull um, is. Yeah, and Manbull is as well. Swashbuckler actually is a mutant, um, so that's that's another interesting one there. He's got to uh, fight. Uh, he needs to fight the stepdad from Hawkeye. Yeah, I <laughs> need to get into a sword fight. Exactly. I would definitely like to see kind of like a uh, uh, what's the word? A um, oh my god, I'm forgetting it now. A duel? Not a duel, but like yeah, a, a yes. In the end, I mean a duel, but like yeah, definitely. I don't know. Face. I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, DuPont. I'm thinking DuPont. Musketeers. Uh, Musketeers. Something like that. There's there's another word for it, but I'm I'm missing out on it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, anyways, so yes, I was looking for definitely a swashbuckling. I would definitely love a swashbuckling sword fighting adventure for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoping to get that with Black Knight and the Eternals. That did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but anyway, so the therapy session was fun. I actually I kind of like. The commentary they did, they dove into a little bit in terms of character exploration, just like you know, that like you know that empowerment kind of thing. I love seeing that for Jennifer Walters. I, I love seeing that kind of journey she had, and I love that once she saw Wrecker, she was just ready to you know just mess some mm. stuff up. And they're like, no, no, we don't do that here. <laughs> the therapy session was a beautiful. Like I was worried. I was like, is this just going to be them making a bunch of jokes about their weird personalities, like the vampire guy, whatever. Is this going to be just 30 minutes of this? But having Jen go in there and actually have a therapy session with them and have like a little breakthrough in this group with them is exactly what she needed at that point. Cause she was mm. obsessed with checking her phone. Is Josh texting me? Is Josh texting me? And it was a hurdle that she had to get over uh, this little insecurity that was nagging at her. And I don't blame her. I would feel the same way if I got invited to a wedding by some awful entitled person who gave me a friggin' chihuahua rat dog and said, you're going to walk down the aisle with this and then told me, like, I still had a little bit of time to find somebody. I would be insecure too. So I don't blame Jen one bit. So I, she needed to kind of get that out of her system. And lo and behold, here comes Emil Blonsky with his ceremonial sweat yurt and his group of misfits, one of whom is probably going to fight Blade, and uh, if he's lucky. And they helped her out. 
So that was really, really surprisingly beautiful. It was. And and again, it plays to it plays to this fourth wall breaking that I was talking about. It kind of makes the audience feel they they play a particip a participational role in this show. And it kind of I and I get it. I get like some of the fans' feelings of like, okay, like, bro, you need to get over this Josh person. We need to get the story going. But the character has to go through it, right? Yeah. Which is funny. And so that to me is like a really good synergy between the audience and the character is like, we want her to get through it, but the character has to go through it, which is so funny and so genius, actually. I, I thought that was brilliant. So yeah, but I mean, overall, like, yeah, they spent a lot of time in this therapy episode, but it was it was a necessary thing. But again, I don't know what Abomination's playing at. I don't know if it's just the way the MCU has transformed him into this character or this like peace-loving character who's really good at managing their feelings or or if he's really playing this giant ruse and where is that going? Yeah, and who knows? Like maybe he's got some kind of criminal plan that has nothing to do with hurting Jen. Maybe Jen yeah. was just nothing more than his ticket of getting him out of prison. Maybe he's truly grateful and he's like, yeah, I got nothing against you, lady. Sure, come to my group session. And as soon as she leaves, you know, he calls up his buddies and he's like, hey, Thunderbolts, what's up? Uh, so we're going to go, I don't know, kill Captain Marvel? Like, you know, he's probably got his own thing going on. So I um, I still don't trust him, but I'm glad that uh, Jen made it out there alive. because That was a really scary situation. And she made it to waltz her way into episode eight. Today's episode. Which, in my opinion, is the best. The best episode ever. This was a really, really fun um, episode. I wanted to text you, but today was just absolutely chaotic for me. To, but I wanted to literally just be like, yeah, that was, that was the best episode. I really no, know. it was uh, great. It was great. To me, today, to me uh, uh, Ribbit and Ribbit uh, episode 8 was probably... If if every episode of She-Hulk was like that, this would this would easily be like Marvel's best show, just because mm -hmm. of the way the character like way certain cameos played a role in it. Uh, obviously, Daredevil finally finally made it into the episode. It was perfect. I didn't. I don't want any. I don't think I want any more of him. But I don't. I definitely didn't want any less of him. That's I got just. I got just just enough. And the best part is. Um, the pacing of this episode too was really well done. Uh, I love that, uh, you know, we get this really absurd, you know, kind of Adam Westy Batman villain esque character, uh, who's playing the hero, but, um, yeah, uh, goes to Jennifer Walters, needs representation. Love that. Love the whole story arc there. I love his, I love his catchphrase, the ribbit and a uh, ribbit and rip it. Uh, and, is he a um, villain in the comics, or is he a good guy? He's a he's a he's a good guy, but he he causes more problems than he than he fixes. So perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of a perfectly aligned character. So at first, I'm like, at first, first, okay, first, I have to cover something really big about this this particular episode. Internet, you need to calm your, your calm yourself down when this show shows like this come out because. The the fact that yesterday I knew Daredevil was coming and there was already enough clips populated on my YouTube thing to be like, here's the fight. Here's how it's going to play out. I was pissed. I was just like, what the hell? Because I knew he was coming in that episode. So now I knew it was going to happen. I knew Daredevil was coming. I knew in the trailer Daredevil was coming. 
Uh, and now I knew which episode he was coming in. And, and not only that, I remember stumbling upon a news article and it explained how Daredevil was being introduced in the episode. So I, I was completely wow. spoiled right into the game. But uh, I didn't know... Sorry, I didn't know... The one detail I didn't know was how Matt Murdock was going to walk into the episode. And right. that was that was perfect. I mean, I could not ask for it. The second it was the courtroom and his, his lawyer, the, the lawyer was late, I was like, oh, it's going to be Matt Murdock. And lo and behold, comes out. But it, it was... Oh, it was amazing. They gave him a really cool intro. Um, I, I think that I need to give a round of applause to the writers of this show for something they have been so damn good at since episode one till now is they are so good at writing entitled asshole characters. They have run the, I didn't know there could be this many different types of entitled asshole characters, but like from the magician that we got, um, you could argue you know, even though she ended up being kind of nice, Madison at first, like she came across like, oh my God, who is this? Like the spoiled rich drunk girl, whatever. Um, to like just the people that Jen meets, like this guy who buys this Wakandan spear who thinks he's so cool. That was he, funny. That was really funny. And uh, like the, the friend who had the wedding, uh, who gave her a chihuahua as a partner. Even this guy, Luke, who designs the, the outfits, he's like this this really immature just man baby who just behaves like a child and luke the silver dress you designed for the gala wasn't even all that nice i'm gonna say it that silver dress could have been way better considering how much boasting you do about your own damn work like these writers have given so much life and then of course frogman uh this this guy who is just like a, a rich kid who um is just an idiot and you know thinks that the world owes him things like he there there have been so many of these characters and they're all so different but they're all so punchable that i love that this cast of characters is like this it's really unique to the show and damn have they ever done a good job doing it so whoever, whoever's creating them bravo I also I also really like the dialogue in this one. I felt this was a, this one had the most fun in terms of dialogue, um, and yeah, the Wakanda the Wakanda shit. Oh, that was very. I was just laughing at that guy the whole time. Um, and so the I love yeah I love the pacing. Um, and the second we saw Matt Murdock, now the interesting thing about this is this Daredevil is pretty much as close to the comics as you can get. Now, the Miller run, as I so call, is the one we saw in the Netflix series. That, that's Frank Miller's Daredevil through and through. I mean, tone, dialogue, uh, uh, sarcastic humor, dry, dry sarcastic humor, all that stuff, very much Frank Miller. The one-lining, you know, the one-liner, uh, cocky kind of character, that's the Daredevil I know, I, I know from the comics. And this Matt Murdock is a healthy balance between the two. I think he fell. I, th I think they found. I think I see what I mean now when, when Charlie Cox said in an interview that uh, this is a lighter toned uh, uh, Daredevil, but it's still the Daredevil you know. And it's. It, I agree. It's. It's a, definitely a lighter toned Daredevil. 
but he still retains a lot from the Netflix series. He's still kind of, you still, it's kind of like, it's just kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the, just, you haven't seen this person, you haven't seen this friend in a while, but they're doing great. And, you know, you just see them shining and that's what Daredevil is. You know, you know, he's been through a rough time. We haven't seen him in a while, but now he's come back and he's doing great. Yeah. And they did a really good job making him lighter tone, but still fitting the narrative that he built in his own series. They did. And I'm curious how much of that can be attributed to like, is it a case of we're we're catching this guy on a good day? Like, is it because he's on such a fun, lighthearted show? Mm-hmm. Um, because it is a very different guy. And I do prefer this guy, because normally I find Daredevil the guy very bland and like I could just take or leave him. So I do prefer that this guy is a bit more animated, he's got a bit more pep to him. He can actually, you know joke around you can have a human conversation that's not just brooding um and she even makes fun of him for brooding so mm-hmm. there's uh there's definitely a difference and i'm curious if that will change or stay consistent when we get to born again uh i, I thought it was really uh ironic that today is the day that we get daredevil on the show because i have uh I have this thing with my right ear, Ryan, where every few years it gets blocked and I need to like go to the doctor and like unblock it. Uh, fun Andrew medical facts. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new segment. Uh, and that, uh, that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. It got blocked. And today I went to go get an unblock. And when you, I don't know if you've ever had your ears flushed out, Ryan, but it is literally like becoming daredevil for 48 hours the difference between <laughs> having a block year and not like i could hear i'm sitting in a doctor's office and it's everything's muffled like as if you're putting your hands over your ear and then he does what he does and all of a sudden i can hear the patients in the waiting room like talking like okay we gotta, we're next put the magazine down we're next. like i it, i can hear the air flowing through the air conditioning ducts it is, <laughs> it is purely a, a daredevil experience so the fact that it happened today was just the stars lined up yeah well it's funny you mentioned that and I, I love the dialogue i love the dialogue between she hulk and daredevil it was so good i was just sitting there like i, I was watching Isabel this morning i was just like like i was just i was absolutely loving it like i love that she's like uh the, the hearing the heartbeat things like yeah you're whatever and he's like uh and and he's like, I hear yours too. And then her heart's playing. She's like, oh, I'm healthy. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and then she walks off. And then, um, yeah, the, getting the math right, which is funny because you said it was going to take 10 to 15 seconds to knock out each person. And she says it's going to take a half an hour because she was talking about the show. The show is going to take a half an hour to right. get him through all his content. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, but he's thinking obviously in the, in the world, which I thought was priceless. Um, and I love the, I just love the aesthetics of that fight scene, the lily pad, the, the warehouse fight. It was just so much fun. Um, and I loved how acrobatic Daredevil was. In fact, in the comics, he was, he was that kind of, he was much more of a trickster. Like in the Netflix one, he was more of a brawler. Like he, he yeah. just fought very acrobatically. In this one, he just was acrobatically, like he was more acrobatic than fighting. Like he's just like doing all these cool flips and stuff. Um, and it was just so fun. I just love that. And then, and then the, uh, and he's, she's like, I'm going to do my She-Hulk thing and does her little fun dance. And he's just like, okay, whatever. And she's, and he's like, um, 
She's like, do you know where you're going? Or no, she's like, and by the way, I was talking, I was pointing at me and she's like, and he's like, oh yeah, I know echolocation. Remember? Like, I just loved the dialogue. It was, it was perfect. It was perfect. They had the chemistry together was so great. Like there was no way this episode was not ending with her boning him. Like it was uh, not yeah, gonna, yeah. it was not gonna end any other way. Uh, but my but, favorite part. Sorry, I love the walk of shame. I love the walk of shame too that he that he had to do the walk of shame. It was <laughs> so good. He was just casually walking down the street barefoot. Daredevil <laughs> uh, costume. But my favorite part of all of this um, came when um, as Daredevil is clearing out the lily pad. Uh, he's fighting on. Thank you, by the way, Mr. Murdoch, for teaching us the difference between you and the henchmen, because that is very valuable information. And I'm, I'm going oh, to hang on yeah, to that I to, for yeah. the rest of my I wanted, life. I'm I wanted to, to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that. But do your thing. I have to quickly get something, but I can hear you. But keep talking where you're going to go with this. All right. So my favorite part of this whole episode uh, comes right at this moment. And it comes at the expense of a lot of Twitter users, I'm sure. Uh, but it comes when Daredevil is clearing out the lily pad and he's fighting off the goons. I believe he said they were goons because they're just there for money. They don't care about the cause. Um, that, that would be henchmen. And that's not what they are. And he's clearing out the goons in this hallway. And it is feeling very much like a classic Daredevil fight scene. And then a whole bunch of more goons around the corner, and they stare him down, and he stares them down, and you know what's coming. And the whole time, I was sitting there on my couch saying to myself, please, please let She-Hulk come in and finish these guys off. Please do not let this turn into a big daredevil fight. Let it be She-Hulk who finishes them off. And sure enough... As they get halfway down the hallway, Jen crashes through the roof. She Hulk smash. No more goons. They might be dead. Uh, I'm not sure how much she weighs when she's an Hulk form, but she did drop a concrete roof on them, and they didn't get up. She might have killed some dudes, but uh, I mean, they were goons anyway, so it's not like everybody's going to listen. But that was my favorite part. I'm so happy that they stayed true to the fact that this is She Hulk's show. And she ended up dropping those final goons. That was exactly what I wanted. So, so about the goons and henchmen. So they, they mentioned that that goons are pay for hire, and henchmen are dedicated to the cause. And this brings me back to the intelligentsia thing. I'm sorry, love. I I, I did not. All right. So. <laughs> It, uh, so the 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 henchmen believe in the, the the henchmen believe in the cause. The goons are a pay for hire. And so what's happening here is with the intelligentsia thing. I think Wrecker is a. I think he was a goon, which means he was just paid for a cause. Mm -hmm. So if he is being like the the redeeming type here, then that makes sense, and that that he is a goon. Now. I think Abomination is a henchman. I think he is playing to a cause, but but we don't know what that is yet. And that brings me to that. That is what my theory is of the intelligentsia thing. I like that. So there are there are people at different levels operating in this thing. Some of them have more mm -hmm. stake in it than others. I can totally get behind that. Uh, and I still wouldn't put it past Abomination to be part of that. 
Uh, what do you have an opinion on that moment? My favorite moment, her just dropping on those guys. Oh, just. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it was so fun. Just cut out, cut out the middleman, and like exactly. It needed keep the show, is, keep the show moving forward. It's She-Hulk's show. Mm-hmm. It needed. It couldn't. It should not have ever evolved into just an excuse to get Daredevil to kick ass for ten minutes. We have three seasons of that already. It needed to stay She-Hulk's show. So that was my favorite part, not only of the episode, but probably one of my favorite parts of the whole series so far. That. They they set up what looks like another Daredevil scene where he kicks a bunch of people's asses, but She-Hulk beats him to it. That was perfect. That was literally a perfect Marvel moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a perfect Marvel moment. That that whole scene in the warehouse is that was Marvel. That was your Marvel moment. Yeah, which which is beautiful full circle conversation to what we were talking about earlier. Is like if you're a comic book purist. That whole scene was a comic book moment, and it was so fun. In fact, one thing I wanted to call out, speaking of comic book moments, is when she was fighting Daredevil uh, on the parking lot, uh, she picks up the car, and she tries to throw it at him. That was a comic, literally comic book pose for pose for throw scene. It, yeah. was, it was literally like she does the exact same position she would to pick up the car, lift it, and throw it. Um, to, to anybody who who's still complaining that they don't like Phase Four because they don't think it's good, we got a scene where She-Hulk picked up a car, threw it at the yellow and red Daredevil, while Frogman escaped both of them in a sports car. This is the greatest show ever made. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Second greatest and, after Cobra Kai, but it, it's close. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it. it, it I think it truly cements itself as like a really good character exploration piece. Now, the interesting thing too is about that, about this whole fun, you know, She-Hulk show and show show Disney Plus shows, is that Disney Plus is considering focusing more on special presentations as opposed to your traditional uh, Disney Plus series. Interesting. So that would be along the, the lines of where we'll find night, which comes out tomorrow. Yes. So Werewolf by Night is a is essentially going to be a pilot to see if, if people will prefer that experience. Interesting. I'm okay with that as long as it doesn't turn into um, a committee over art, you know, as long as it's not like, wow, yeah, this uh, Nova pilot we made was absolutely hot trash, but it got 0.4 more streams than these good things we did so we're just going to make that like i hope it doesn't become that because no likes to fall into that trap a lot well no but like here's the thing right like i don't know i don't think they're going to completely eliminate disney plus shows but i think they're going to they're going to re they're going to redesign them in terms of in terms of like what if a character does not have enough for a you know full series like a six episode right. miniseries kind of thing well if it's six episode miniseries why don't you just make it a, a, like tv movie right in that case you i'm know? okay with that like if werewolf by night is just its own thing well they're, they're doing that with armor wars right that news dropped well armor wars is turning into a movie yeah is what i'm told yes so they obviously had a cool idea 
They were probably going to try to do it in six episodes because that's the norm. And some smart person probably looked at the script and said, this can be trimmed to a really good two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. And we we're going to get that. So that's exciting. The more movies, the merrier, I think. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, in, I'm definitely interested in the idea. I would love different um, echelons of content for Marvel. Like I would love, you know, TV series and then a special presentation. Like technically Blade could be a special presentation. You know what I mean? Like we know, because I think Blades jump from movie to TV show, back to movie, back to TV show. So I can't remember where it's at right now. But like, like it could be like a you know an hour and a half movie or like you know like why not? So I'm I'm okay with that. In fact, kind of a change in the pacing of content might be might be nice. What I will say about the shows that are nice is like sometimes you just don't have enough time to go see like a whole movie or even like because like even when I'm revisiting marvel stuff like sometimes i'll watch while i work and stuff the movies are a lot to to sit through uh you know um when you're when you just have a lot going on you know what i mean like like movies are just a lot to sit through so um you know just having a change in pacing is, is good but yeah this episode though more i would love if every episode of she hulk was like that but that being said i still love every episode episode of she hulk that i've gotten so far but in terms of the com- the comic book loving person that I am, this episode was like this was the most comic booky one they did for sure, uh, and it ends with a very comic booky cliffhanger because uh, she goes to this gala in the dress mm-hmm. that Luke is not that great, my friend. Okay, so calm down. Uh, Remember, these suits have to be functional; they have to be able to adjust to her size, right? Because yeah. her size changes. That, that looks like something she could have gotten at Fairweather. I'm just saying, if this guy's going to keep posting, he should put his, his money and his sewing needle where his mouth is. Um, so she goes to this gala. She does look great, even though the dress is subpar. Um, and then this horrible thing happens. First of all, I the cringeworthy thing of like this guy saying, what's it like to be a female lawyer? And I love that... Um, uh, what's her name? Book. She she put him in his place and said, you know, he, he worked twice as hard uh, for you know less uh, less gain and he got asked Mallory, stupid questions. Mallory Book, yeah. Mallory Book, yeah. People ask stupid questions like, "What's it like to be a female lawyer?" I'm glad that you know she threw that out there. Uh, but then this awful thing happens to Jen, where Intelligentsia is putting a sex tape that they made up in front of everybody, slandering her name. Um, and we see for the first time She-Hulk lose that control that she posted from episode one and fully become a scary Hulk. And I, I am uh, there for uh, it. As, as they say in the comics, a savage She-Hulk. Hey, there we go. Ten bucks says the word savage is going to get dropped in the finale somewhere. I, I think so, um, but yeah, this is this is interesting. I, I you know, it, it, it's it speaks volumes to how damaging you know exposing someone on that level can be, um, and and you know what I love what I love what Marvel can do when they do it right is you know in acting we always say you raise the stakes, always raise the stakes, and Marvel series they always they when they do it right they they push it. Like I don't, 
I don't ever think you could raise the stakes any higher than in certain character situations that they've done before. Like, um, you know, like even Iron I that's why I love the Iron Man, the first movie so much is like, you know, you take this character and you raise the stakes to a point where this character hits the threshold of like, what are you going to do? And there's that, that's why my favorite scene in, in kind of Iron Man is like, when he finds out he's double dealing, when he finds out his company's double dealing. And, he's, and then it comes down to, you know what? You got to cut this whole life that you've had, and now you have a tough decision to make. Like, what mm -hmm. are you going to do? And then after that, it's just pure, you know, comic book pleasure. After, but that's that's what I loved about this moment with She-Hulk is is she kind of finally, life finally kind of centers itself. You know, she's this superhero lawyer. She's you know. Uh, then she's she Hulk herself, just being dealing with the fact that she has Hulk blood essentially, and she's also Jennifer Walters. And life kind of finally found its happy center to only be exposed, just thrown out there so publicly. Um, and that that's really devastating because that that stuff's like hard to you know hard to not be able to live from. So, or sorry, to live past. Um, yeah. And that, and so now the stakes are finally at its highest moment, and it's like, well, what is she gonna do? And I can't wait. And and this show did a good job too, talking to the comic book fans a little bit. Like you had Nicole do the Wolverine thing, which was a nice little reference. Uh, you had uh, Tatiana, or sorry, you had Jennifer Walters say uh, Tatiana Maslany say Red Hulk. She actually <laughs> threw a Red Hulk in there. So. Um, there's a lot there's a lot now out there you know in the open so episode nine is just going to be a perfect send like finale slash fun ride of of what was she hulk yeah man i can't wait to see more of like of this idea because what better way to raise the stakes for her than to take this character who has been popular in the public eye um uh, a lot of people know her they know who she is She's looked at as a lawyer, sometimes as a superhero, sometimes as this, sometimes as that. Sometimes it's not positive attention, but she's always got this attention. But for the first time, she sees these people at this gala looking at her in terror, like looking at her as if she's a monster. Uh, and that's the one big part of being a Hulk that I don't think Bruce ever prepared her for and that she's never had to deal with. Even in the cartoon, I don't mm -hmm. remember her ever having to deal with that. In the cartoon, she was always having fun. Nobody was ever yeah. afraid of She-Hulk. They, they loved her. They had a crush on her. She was awesome. She was this gorgeous like, celebrity. So for this to turn into a, a monster thing, like is what Hulk is at its core, I can't wait to see them explore that and what that does to Jen and seeing people mm -hmm. react to her as a monster. And what also excites me about the, the show that they that they touched on in this episode is, first of all, they mentioned the Sokovia Accords have been reappealed, so things are kind of calmer on restricting superpowered individuals. Yeah. But but Ross brought up a good point: is like you know these superheroes are nukes; you can't just misplace them. You know they can cause real damage, and so. So I love that this episode also explores and resurfaces the question of like, should there be registration? And that, and even that that joke of a court scene about of, of uh, uh, Frogman and uh, and Luke Gibson, I think his name is, um, 
it is should we you know we need to uh you know if everyone's using these superhero suits from this person we need to bring them all out in the open and like go through the whole thing and daredevil's like no we can't do that that exposes them to the public and danger and all this and so it's a subtle it's a subtle very subtle comic because they obviously don't want to keep the show focused on she hulk but it still opens up a lot of big conversations yes and that is uh (laughs) bless you that is a thread that really will, I think, dangle further down the timeline into Thunderbolts, because I think Thunderbolts is going to touch on that a lot. Mm -hmm. When the government gets their way, and here's a group of supers where it's like, hey, we own you. Uh, Never good. Historically not awesome, as Tony Stark would put it, when you give immense power to uh, governments. Mm -hmm. Never going to go right. Um, So we got to cut it kind of short tonight, but I think we got to the meat of everything we wanted to talk about. If there's anything else you wanted to bring up, Ryan, take it away. If not, tell us where we can find you. The three big things I want you to take away from She-Hulk right now and where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. Number one is the Civil War. Is it done? Is it not done? Are we going to get a Two. movie called Captain America, the Revolutionary War? Yep, you have a new. You have a, you have a project called Captain America, New World Order. Uh-huh. Two, uh, the second thing, who is Intelligentsia and what are they doing? Like, what are, what is their goal? What is their goal with the Hulks? Right. Clearly they, they, I'm going to say Hulks plurally because there's more than one. Uh, and three, and finally is why is all this stuff surfacing now? Mutants, superpowered people—they're all just popping, coming out of the woodwork in this show. Mm-hmm. Why now? I'm gonna make a weird prediction that only just came to me right now, so it might be completely idiotic. But I think something's gonna happen at the end of the next episode, at the end of the finale. Um, and then once that happens, Feige and company will announce a Hulk-centric movie as part of. Six. World War Hulk, maybe. War uh, Hulk. We'll see. Maybe it's called we'll... Hulks. Um, but he's in it, Jen's in it, Red Hulk's in it, and the kid we know he has on Sakaar, which is where he went. He's totally gonna be in it. <laughs> that's my that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. All right, there you go. So as always, you can find me. Uh, I haven't been on Xbox Canada lately just because I've been too crazy busy with work, but you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada. Uh, and then you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, if you always, if you tag me, I will keep an eye out for your posts and I will message you back as, uh, as proven with Jonathan, our, our wonderful viewer. Uh, and so thank you for that. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. But you can find me on Twitter at Crusader Online. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. And uh, thank you, special thank you to Disney Dizzy as well, who shouted out to us in the chat today. You can find me That's on right. Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Fantasia uh, and on my YouTube channel, Fantasia YouTube channel. Uh, and if you at me, I will be like, hey, what does at mean? I'm old. I don't understand computers. Uh, but I will appreciate it all the same. Uh, so until next week, uh, well, actually, we'll probably see you sh- sooner than that because of where we'll find night, which drops tomorrow. So we'll we'll find a time to uh, to hop on and do an episode about that in, uh, in the coming week, Mr. Ryan. But in the meantime, I hope all of you have a marvelous day.